really view the buyer persona as a basis for for your go-to-market strategy, but also your product development and all the other things. It really is a, uh, a, a, a simplified way to understand those relationships and the, and the, the people that you're, you're dealing with on a daily basis. I was excited to be joined today by Carl Dixon, CEO of RescueStat. The insights we discuss are aligned with the first chapter of my book, The Buyer's Way, entitled The Call to Adventure. Go-to-market teams have to be effective at calling buyers to change from what they're doing to something different. Ideally, something that requires them to buy something from us. The best calls to adventure require us to understand who our buyers are so we can build meaningful, relevant connections that will compel action. Carl's team employs a buyer-focused go-to-market strategy, and I thought our audience might benefit from hearing how he has implemented it and why. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to the Buyer's Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, John Carney. Our guest on the show today is Carl Dixon, CEO of RescueStat, the market leader in AED services, that's automated external defibrillators. RescueStat helps organizations manage, train, and monitor AED devices across buildings, departments, and locations. They do this with their leading solutions, including Apollo Program Management, Vera for AED, and CPR training, and scout remote monitoring services. RescueStat's clients are positioned to empower organizations to save lives more often and reduce liability when sudden cardiac arrest strikes. Carl has been CEO for four years now. Uh, and Carl, welcome to the show. Thanks, John. It's a pleasure to, to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, excited to have you on. So. Uh, so Carl is going to help our audience today as we jump into the first chapter of The Buyer's Way, The Call to Adventure, as we consider how best to call our buyers to an adventure with us. Carl, you've been CEO of RescueStat for a number of years now, an adventure that I know has been motivated by both professional and personal goals. Uh, before we discuss your company's go-to-market strategy, can you first give context on your story? Were you called to this adventure with RescueStat? Uh, if so, can you tell us how you experienced that call? You bet, John. So as you mentioned in your book, and um, as Joseph Campbell mentions, every great story starts with an ordinary world. And my ordinary world may not be ordinary for everybody, but uh, I grew up in Utah, two parents, two brothers, two sisters, and a dog named Daisy. And we spent a lot of time outdoors. Um, I was very involved in scouting. My dad was my scoutmaster uh, and just loved the, the Utah mountains and deserts. And, uh, you know, so fast forward a lot of time. Um, I, uh, I spent some time in Brazil, which I'll come back to. Uh, graduated with a degree in finance, worked in uh, investment banking, doing mergers and acquisitions and IPOs and debt raises. And then found myself back in Utah working for a, a small private equity fund. Um, and uh, I was recently married. So a lot was going on in my life. And I get a call um, 
just after midnight. And it's one of those calls that once you answer it, you know that something's wrong. And it was my mom. And uh, she, she mentioned in a very uh, somber voice that my dad had just unex unexpectedly passed away. And it was his 63rd birthday. And this was uh, very unexpected, as, as many of your listeners may, uh, may know, you know, the, the pain of unexpected loss. Um, it was, as I mentioned, it was also just a very busy time in our life. That's the that same week we found out we were expecting our first, our firstborn and we were moving to Brazil in four weeks. And, um, and so I didn't know it at the time, but this was a call, uh, to adventure. Um, we, we lived in Brazil for a couple of years and came back to the United States. I raised a, a single purpose, a, a private equity fund to acquire a business, which ended up being Rescue Stat. And Rescue Stat focuses on saving lives and protecting organizations from the negative impacts of sudden cardiac arrest, uh, which is what my dad was suspected of, of dying from. And mm -hmm. so we're on a mission to, to educate people and to help uh, ultimately save lives and, and uh, make an impact um, in the sort of the unexpected, you know, critical life events, uh, arena, specifically ca cardiac arrest. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that personal story. Um, and, you know, I know it's a, it's a tragedy. Um, and it's, it's, um, if, if the silver lining is that it was your call to adventure to go out and, uh, and, and fight sudden cardiac arrest, um, then it's, it's a so I have a noble journey to be on, and I know that it's um, you know very personal uh, for you, and um, and is you know uh, is an interesting segue into the rest of the story here. So so uh, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, um, you bet. Uh, just uh, on that, you know, it's uh, I think like many stories, you know, there's sort of a the call, right? It's many times it's unexpected, and it's something that. Uh, it's not a call that you want to answer, right? And this, I, you know, the there there were a lot of coincidences and a lot of things that happened to to bring me to Rescue Stat. It wasn't purely uh, my dad's passing that brought me there, but it's the thing that's made it uh, more than a job and really more of a, a calling and and something that you know it's ultimately something that is been very fulfilling. You know, you get to I'm avenging my father's death. <laughs> yeah. trying, to, trying to help other people that um that may go through a similar uh event and trying to improve that outcome and so ultimately it's uh you know i think it's been something that's been it's been very fulfilling and i'm, I'm grateful to to do it so great okay and as you said that wasn't the only reason you did it um, and so I want to talk about some of the professional, uh, aspects of it, um, and, uh, and dig into that a little deeper. So, uh, specifically your go-to-market strategy and then how you plan to, uh, to grow rescue stat. Um, uh, so the buyer's way recommends we start this process, uh, by developing buyer personas, uh, clients, when I encourage them to do so will sometimes tell me they'd rather invest in product development or supply chain efficiencies or something other than buyer personas. Um, you, however, have chosen to invest in buyer personas and buyer intelligence. So why? So I think that I believe that the 
the buyer's persona is ultimately just trying to understand the key relationships, right? Businesses don't exist in a vacuum. They exist in a market or an ecosystem. And, you know, we invest in those other things that you mentioned as well, but I've really view the buyer persona as a basis for, for your go-to-market strategy, but also your product development and all the other things. So we take this very seriously. Um, I think with, with, uh, with any relationship, you know, it starts with listening and, and truly understanding uh, the needs, the wants, the fears, you know, the things that trigger, uh, trigger uh, the, the person in the relationship and the buyer's persona. It really is a, uh, a, a, a simplified way to understand those relationships and the, and the, the people that you're, you're dealing with on a daily basis, you know? And so, uh, I think it starts with 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 listening, and that impacts everything about the the go to market, right? Because ultimately, um, we're trying to help buyers meet their needs, right? And so, in, unless we clearly understand what those are and how buyers are motivated, uh, we can't be a great mentor along the way. You know, I know uh, we'll, as you look at the introduction to your book and. And 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 th I know you'll do a series on the the mentor, right? But as the uh, as the seller, we are the mentor in that process. We're the Gandalf, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't think Gandalf has a, a crystal ball, but that's sort of what the buyer's persona is, right? It's understanding the, the sort of the journey that the buyer is going to go on to be able to help them along the way, and so that's why it's so important and why we spend so much effort on it. On the product development point. We also use our our buyers personas across the entire organization, mm -hmm. and so that also influences how we invest in in our product. In addition to sort of the the traditional go to market uh, uh, strategy. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Cool. Uh, and, and so you mentioned a lot of good stuff there that we'll we'll dig into. Uh, there's this concept of buyer attributes, and you just mentioned a number of them. Um, you know, the first one is is trigger events and understanding what triggers buyers into the market. What are those things that drive those calls to adventure? We've talked about, you know, some of the things that have triggered you. Um, in your market, uh, these trigger events can uh, be pretty visible. Um, you know, there's some well-known trigger events uh, out there. Um, you know, uh, we think of the DeMar Hamlin story in the NFL. Um, I believe even uh, more recently, Bronny James, um, you know, uh, experienced uh, sudden cardiac arrest as well. These are high profile people. These are high profile stories, success stories in these cases, though they're not always so successful. Um, so as you developed trigger events in your buyer personas, how did that change the way that you approached and communicated to buyers in the market? You bet. So just to step back a bit, sudden cardiac arrest, it, uh, it kills over, you know, there's 360,000 events every year in the United States. That's half the heart disease deaths. In, um, it accounts for half the heart disease deaths. 90% 90 90 of the, the victims uh, do not survive, right? And so there's a huge issue here. And that may be a surprise to some of some of your listeners, right? And, um, and, uh, and so there have been multiple trigger events, as you've mentioned. Uh, the first that I'll want to mention is, is COVID, 
because uh, when COVID hit, I think people started understanding a bit more just how what 360,000 people looks like. Um, and it put that into, into context. Uh, companies also have focused more on, uh, since COVID, on employee health and safety. Uh, Damar Hamlin, Bronnie James helped bring awareness uh, that and break down a lot of the misconceptions around cardiac arrest, that it's, you know, older people that experience it. It's people that are not in shape or that eat poorly, which can't be farther from the truth. It really can impact uh, anyone. Uh, I'm going to a, a conference in, in less than a month with one of our partners, uh, Parent Heart Watch, which is the largest organization that focuses on um, uh, sudden cardiac arrest in youth. And they estimate that over 20,000 youth every year uh, die of sudden cardiac arrest. So this really is a huge um, a huge issue. And uh, those trigger events have have brought more awareness to, to sudden, the problem of sudden cardiac arrest and that there's also a solution, right? And so we, we bring those events up. Uh, we remind people of these things because you know, it's, uh, everyone saw it happen. You know, it was the sudden cardiac arrest that was heard around the world, uh, specifically in the sports world. But, um, uh, and so bringing that into the story and, 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 and making it something that is real, right. This was a part of their life. Like they saw this happen and, and bringing that up and mentioning it and talking about it. And then also, uh, explaining their solutions to this, you know, um, we, we tie that to it, it, the trigger event in many ways also describes um, the problem. And uh, and then we pair that with our solution, which is, you know, in the market, there's a, a 10 less than 10% survival rate. And with our partner companies, we have survival rates of 60 to 70%. And we can get into that. But um, yeah, understanding the trigger events is, is sort of a key piece to uh to engaging with with the buyer or engaging with your your potential customer okay yeah makes a lot of sense and and you mentioned you know, out of those trigger events come a problem that requires a solution um and so that's all covered in in the buyer personas in terms of those uh major problems um so our go to market teams get in front of our buyers hopefully to present that problem uh, we do that through our company website. We do that through email marketing, events, partner programs, outbound outreach, you know, just about any way we can. So specifically for you all, how does your go-to-market team drive awareness of the problems that your buyers have? And uh, while you probably can't name them all, um, what are some of the key initiatives you're doing to you know, spread that message, uh, drive more awareness of this problem that's in the market? You bet. So like many growing businesses, this is also a, uh, to answer this, you know, we'd like to do everything right with unlimited, uh, unlimited, uh, capital and money and people. Uh, but since there are constraints, you know, we, I'm a big proponent of, I, I so I love a few books, right? <laughs> I love the buyer's way by John Carney, everybody <laughs> go out and buy it. Uh, and then, uh, Jim Collins is also a great management uh, thinker, and he wrote uh, multiple books that are that I highly recommend. But one of them is Great by Choice, and he has a, a concept which is fire bullets and then cannonballs, right? And the concept behind this 
is that uh, before we're, we we make big uh, investments, um, you should calibrate your line of sight by taking small shots, right? Because um, uncalibrated cannonballs, uh, theoretical cannonballs are really expensive. And so you fire small bullets first and then cannonballs. And so as you're going about uh, discovering the best way to engage with your 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 potential partners uh, and customers, I think it's important to to fire those small shots. And so at Rescue Stat, we've we've done that. You know, we've done we have we have a we try to get the message out through our blogs. We we've done magazines, we've done videos, we've done trade shows, we've done partner investments. Uh, the list goes on and on. And you mentioned you mentioned a few others, and um, and what we realized is that through firing some of those small bullets is that some of them pay off more than others. And the ones that we've really noticed have helped in our industry with our offering and how we go to market is uh, trade shows and sort of partnered initiatives. Um, in addition to just getting the word out there, you know, there's a, there's a huge uh, opportunity to just spread the, the gospel of, of uh, sudden cardiac arrest and the solutions that exist. And so um, that's how we've done it. Um, and so we're, we're sort of firing those theoretical cannonballs and we, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, we, we feel like we have the, the data to be able to sort of uh, back us up, but we'll continue to, to calibrate those. And, and uh, it's ultimately a, it's ultimately an ongoing process. And so, um, you know, especially as you learn more about, about your buyers. So. Yeah. Okay. And I, and you don't have to give us all the gory details not to throw you a curveball, but, um, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, figuring out what works and what doesn't work, um, you know, failing fast, uh, you know, sh uh shooting with, uh, the bullets first, um, what hasn't worked, you know, without, you know, without giving all their, uh, all the skeletons in the closet. What what have you tried that you know others should uh, know might not work at well as well as you might think? Yeah, I think that um, uh, there are certain things that I feel like are essential, um, but that um, you may assume would drive a ton of leads, right, or a, a ton of traffic. Um, and you know, so I think that. Um, it's surprising to like, you might think that you have like a great article. Let's say that you were really focused on blogging, right? You think you have a really great article, uh, but ultimately that's subject to um, many things, right? Uh, what is the following follower base that you've been able to establish? Um, is that uh, who's going to read it? Like, how are they going to, you know, do you have the right? And so there's, I, I've been surprised at uh, some of the effort that we put into in certain domains where it's like, this is a, I feel like a very important uh, like article, like let's, let's sort of spread this broadly. Um, and that's been uh, many times that's been a lot less effective than going out. Let's, let's invest and go speak to our buyers where we know they are mm -hmm. uh, at a trade show or let's invest, you know, some money into our, our partners, um, and, and see the return that way. And so I would say social media, it's, uh, it has its pros and its cons. Uh, it's something I think you need to do in today's day and age. Uh, but the extent at which you do it, um, depends on the, the market and, and where your buyers are and things like that. So, you know, 
I know that TikTok's all the rage, but uh, and we haven't gone there, but that may not be for for all of your buyers. All your buyers might not be there. So yeah, tread yeah. caution. Yep, makes sense. The buyer's way is not on TikTok either. So we'll <laughs> yeah. see. And always, you know, I'll shoot a bullet in there, see what happens. Yeah, but, there you go. Uh, funny. Okay. Oh, very good. Thank you for sharing. Um, my last question is about results, which is, you know, at the end of the day, personas are nice. Sometimes personas, um, while nice, end up sitting on a shelf somewhere, uh, not getting utilized to their full extent. And sometimes it's hard to even tell if you're using them, if you're using them effectively. So uh, again, you've invested a lot in your go-to-market strategy. So is it working? Uh, how do you know? Um uh, what are you measuring? Like, what are some of the KPIs you're looking at and, and how do you kind of monitor the business to make sure that you're growing uh, and learning when you're failing? You bet. So multiple questions there. But um, so as you mentioned eloquently in your book, the buyer's way is about a story, uh, understanding the journey, right? That the, that the buyer needs to go on. Um, and, uh, and also a plan, right? And you mentioned in your book uh, this concept of the yin and yang, right? And you have, um, it's a balance of those two things. And in many ways, I view that line that that uh, is in between each side of the yin and yang as your rev ops. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? So whether you're using, um, you know, Salesforce or HubSpot, um, being able to have analytics to know if you're successful. And as you mentioned, to fail fast is very important, right? And so um, we have uh, great visibility into how we're doing, right? And to answer your first question, I do believe it, it is paying off, you know? And that's evidenced by obviously uh, the most important um, metric revenue from a sales perspective, right. And customer retention. Um, uh, but also as you think about the sort of the entire pipeline and the, and the, and the sales funnel, the, the leads, the, the, uh, well, well, even before that sort of the activity metrics, right. So what are we doing? How are we engaging? Um, what does that look like in terms of our outreach, our meetings that we're setting up, the opportunities that we're creating and helping um, move along. Um, and then uh, in addition to that, sort of the, the pipeline that's being built uh, and then how that's converting. And so being able to have like a clear visibility into that is really important. Obviously the close rate is, is, is essential. And then, you know, uh, don't forget that the, the go-to-market strategy is really that's just, that's, you're just getting started, right? When you, when you close the deal and then the real work comes. And so the, the customer service and, and onboarding and account management, and ultimately the renewals are all a, a part of this, this buyer's journey. Right. And so, uh, and we, we track all of that and, um, and, it, and it is, it is successful, you know, um, uh, we're blessed to be in a in a good market. I think with many of these trigger events, and with a solution that works um, and uh, is is helpful to the buyer. Um, and so, what was your last question? <laughs> uh, if there's anything, um, you know, if you, if you're able to monitor anything that's not working, or if if you're able to get ahead of any um, 
Uh, yeah, I would see any issues. I would just say, uh, you know, as you're thinking about this and and as you're implementing the buyer's way, one of the things that I think may be a potential pitfall is not investing in this particular piece. Like this is where you can understand the journey really, really well. You can understand the psychology of, of, of the buyer, but ultimately you need to be able to measure it. And you, and it's helpful to be able to have experts to help you do this because even if you're a very analytical person, uh, there are tools that can help you fail faster, right? Because there are, you're going to need to, to do that. You're, you're essentially, it's a learning journey. You're on a learning journey. Um, and so I would recommend, uh, thinking, considering revenue operations in your, in your organization, because it's really the thing that ties the, the, uh, the story to the plan. Um, you know, I like to, you know, if you're flying for all those airplane enthusiasts, right. There's a couple of ways to fly an airplane. One is to stick your head out the window and see if you're going to hit into a mountain, right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or I guess you could just look through the windshield. The other is uh, to have instruments and gauges, right? To be able to uh, to be able to know your altitude and your your speed and those types of things. And so I think that it's all, it's something that is it can be a difficult decision for, for small organizations because of it it represents an investment and you're sort of building that plane as you're trying to fly it at the same time, you know. But having those instruments are I think uh, essential to to making sure that you're um you know incorporating all the key learnings into to what you're doing. So okay. makes sense. Uh and I know I said the last question would be the last question, but I, I always uh reserve the option of asking one more. And so this will be quick, but um just it, it follows off that one. But you know, especially for our audience, CEOs, go to market leaders, you know, bringing this to the board. How do you communicate this? I'm sure, and the RevOps thing is a part of that. Um, but how do you communicate to the board? Uh, and, and could you just briefly talk about you know the board and and how you communicate this go-to-market strategy? Obviously, you're looking at revenue, you're looking at EBITDA, but some of these leading and lagging indicators. How much of that do you communicate to the board? You bet. Uh, my feeling with with any type of reporting relationship is. Uh, you want to increase transparency as much as possible, right? And so, and ultimately what you're trying to do uh, with these types of relationships is eliminate surprises, right? And 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 so um, this is, uh, the, the that type of investment is very much aligned with that principle, right? Where if you're going, if you're going to make an investment in your go-to-market strategy or whatever it may be, you want to be able to know if you're going, if you're on track to having a positive ROI and when that's going to happen. And so to me, that's an essential part of, uh, of, of the responsibility that you, that you have to the board is being able to say, uh, yeah, we are going to fire some, some bullets here. Uh, and, and maybe this is a larger cannonball, but we, we, we've been able to calibrate this to an extent and we're going to continue to, to do it. Right. And so, um, and that that allows the board to have uh, good transparency into what's going on um, and allows them to be able to provide uh, the best advice that they have. Um, yeah, shout out to my board. I We have a great board that's very much uh, mission focused and growth focused. Uh, and so these types of conversations have been um, 
very supported, you know, and I think understanding your, your particular board and how they work, you know, and applying the buyer's way to that too, you know, these are all relationships. This is human psychology. Um, but, uh, is I think the, the best way to go about it, but cool. Makes sense. All right. Well, thank you for all of that. And, and thank you for joining. Uh, this has been a really uh, great conversation. Uh, and I look forward to continuing to follow your journey, the rescue stat journey. Uh, if any of our listeners are interested in picking Carl's brain on how a CEO should develop their go-to-market strategy uh, or develop their AED strategy, uh, you can visit rescuestat.com um, uh, and reach out there. So Carl, thank you for your time today and good luck. Thank you very much, John. It's a pleasure to, to be on your podcast. Absolutely love what you're doing. It's made a big impact in our company, uh, the way that we provide uh, our services and support our customers. You know, I do want to give a shout out to all the rescue statters here, just since I'm on, I'm on the air. <laughs> the company really is the people, um, and I'm grateful for the the values that they share. Uh, but really grateful to you, John, for for having me. Grateful for the work that you're doing. Uh, you're making a big impact. So thank you for having me. Thanks, Carl.